I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. Please subscribe, rate, and review to the pod. It helps us out a whole bunch. It is an Opposition Wednesday. And for that, our guest today is Sal Capaccio. Sal, how are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. I hope I did not butcher your last name there. You got it right, right at the first try. Look at that. Lots of people don't, so thank you. Nice, nice. Doug froze up a little bit. Very good. Excellent. Nice. It's a, uh, Sal, it's interesting for you. You got an interesting start uh, on your way to Buffalo. You're from the area, then went down to Florida, as I understand, and did a little bit of work at the radio station. And then now you have been on the beat and on the sideline for Buffalo for quite some time now. I'm curious how that came to be. Yeah, I mean, to, to make a long story short, uh, I'm doing now what I've, I mean, really wanted to do since I was a little kid, uh, working in media, covering the bills and, you know, pinch me on an on NFL sideline every Sunday. Right. But um, I actually started my radio career. I went to Syracuse university where a lot of people go to, you know, for broadcast uh, journalism and things like that. And got a job in a little town in Florida, a little South of Sarasota. Um, and after a few years, you know, it just wasn't going where I wanted it to. And I actually, I've been an athlete my whole life. I started coaching a little bit and I actually left the business for 10 years. I was a high school social studies teacher and high school football coach in Florida for 10 years and uh, coached track and field and everything. And, but always had the itch to get back into radio and TV and really have always you know wanted to do it in Buffalo since I was little and a couple opportunities came open and I kind of went for it at the age of 37. I started my radio career over at the bottom and here we are 10 years later. And now, uh, I'm the sideline reporter for the Buffalo Bills and the radio talk show host and have this, you know, incredible life where I've always wanted to have it. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's, that's a, that's a note to all you kids out there. You're right. never too old to start where you're supposed to be or to find where you're supposed to be. So that's, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's right. Pooh. And, you know, I always say that I, I talk to a lot of kids um, you know, who want to get in this business. And I say, I don't care what it is in life. And I say the same thing you just did. It's you're never too old to do it. And if you really want to do something um, and if you're passionate about it, you know, just, just go for it because the bigger regret will be never to have tried versus trying and failing. And if I had failed, I always, my wife and I, we, you know, I said, what's the worst that can happen? If, if I suck in radio and it doesn't work out, I can always go back to teaching or whatever, but at least I say, I tried to do what I've always wanted to do, but here I am living, living literally the dream that I've always wanted to live. That's amazing. I love to hear it. Love to hear it. So let's, let's switch over to the football side. That's what we're here for. Yep. Uh, Buffalo. Uh, can you tell us what's going on with Buffalo and in, in, in the injury report this week? We, we know very well, you know, we're conditioned to know what's going on in Washington, but can you let us know what's going on in Buffalo? Who, who y'all expect to see on the field? Who's questionable? Who might not? Yeah, I mean, it's early in the week, but at practice on Wednesday, Star Latulale, a defensive tackle, did not practice due to a groin injury, but we'll keep that monitored. Who knows? He could. Wednesday's typically the day where head coach Sean McDermott really kind of backs off on a lot of guys if they have any ailments whatsoever. Um, Gabe Davis, wide receiver, 
He was limited with an ankle injury. I expect him to be fine for the game. He was limited all last weekend, was questionable, but he still played. Um, but the star Latula is the one. Other than that, the Bills are very healthy, actually, other than normal bumps and bruises. Um, unless something comes up throughout the week, that's really the only two. And I would say only one would be star Latula, the defensive tackle, to kind of monitor. Okay. Okay. Nice. It's interesting, Sal. These teams have kind of been built similarly. I guess that's because – uh, both head coaches got their start in Philadelphia and spent time together in Carolina. Uh, I know Ron has said that they've kind of looked that way uh, towards their rebuild. The defense is nasty up there, and they got they got after Tua on Sunday. I'm assuming it'll be more of the same this Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think every game plan presents a, a bit of a different challenge, and I think that's the impressive part about this coaching staff and this defense. They really can kind of tailor their game plans towards how they want to do it. For example, they're primarily a zone defense, the Bills, but they played a lot of man-to-man last week, and I think that was to take that first read away from Tua. They get up on receivers. They don't play a lot of press. They did that last week in order to take that first read away, and then they were blitzing to, you know, once Tua had to go away from his first read, now you're blitzing, and they, they just kind of overwhelmed the offensive line, um, and then he got hurt and Jacoby Brissett came in, it was really the same thing. Um, but, you know, typically the Bills are a zone defense and they're not going to do that kind of thing, but they certainly have the horses to do it. The best thing about, you know, the Bills defense and where they are, and I do think they're a very, very good unit, um, they just, they've been together so long, guys. Most of this group has been together at least three three years, maybe four, and they're not even that old, to be honest with you, to have been that. They all kind of came up together. Uh, they've been with Sean McDermott and with Leslie Frazier. So, you know, it's a group that's really in sync right now from coach to player to player. So on the offensive side of the ball, I the one thing I was looking for this season was to see if Josh Allen was going to continue to progress as he did. He had the big jump last season or was he, you know, was there a possibility he might regress a little bit? In your opinion, how has he looked so far? And, and do you believe he's on track that his trajectory is to surpass what he did last season? Well, you know, there's there's uh, there's been a lot of talk about Josh the last first couple of weeks because he has not looked like the MVP caliber Josh Allen that we saw last year. Um, last year, he was the runner up to the league MVP. He was phenomenal, as you just mentioned, like he, he set franchise records. He did a lot of things that people have never done in this league for a, a quarterback as far as his athleticism and running and throwing But through the first two weeks. He hasn't been quite as sharp. Um, his completion percentage is down. It's only in the it's in the 50s. He completed 69 percent of his passes last year. Um, it just seems like he's missing some throws that he normally would have made last year. Now, that said, he is clearly not the reason that they've they they like they struggled offensively against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Josh was part of it, but it wasn't because of him. And I'll say, even though Josh Allen hasn't been quite as sharp, he's still making plays that other human beings and other quarterbacks simply can't make. I mean, he threw a ball to um, he had a play to Stefan Diggs for the first touchdown last week where I mean, Josh was running, 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 scrambled to his right, avoided a rusher, threw all the way across his body to the left, threw a dart. He threw another one to uh, Dawson Knox later in the game, running to his left. So even though Josh hasn't been necessarily the same as far as pinpoint accuracy or things like that, he's still doing things that uh, most people can't do. And I would not say that he's been bad by any means. He just hasn't kind of risen to what we saw and what we came to expect from him last year throughout the year. Now there is time on that. And I think part of the reason why this is happening, by the way, is Look, I mean, teams have had an entire offseason to plan for the Bills offense. And if you're a defensive coordinator, you're going to make your money by stopping that Bills offense that averaged 31 points a game. This is where you're going to show. This is, I'm going to be a head coach. I'm going to make a lot of money. Teams are giving them their best shot. And I think the Bills are trying to find the counterpunch to some of the things teams are doing now. Those 30 points are interesting. I tell this 
to people all the time when when we're kind of looking at Ron Rivera and how they've set it up and and the things he's taken from the McDermott and he said publicly one of those is we've got to score points I think it was McDermott that said we'd love to win games 21-17 but you'd grow old and have a heart attack first because that's just not how you know games are won in the NFL anymore uh it, it's curious how I was looking at this roster getting ready for the game and there's studs all over the place not on the offensive line though I, I'm surprised with all the weapons and and pieces they put around, I'd be hard-pressed to name anybody on the offensive line other than maybe the young left guard from Oklahoma. Uh, what is the thought process there on keeping Allen healthy and that offensive line? Oh, I think their offensive line is probably, I mean, they're, I would, wouldn't even, I wouldn't put them in like in the bottom half of the league. They're probably not also in the top five or six, but I mean, look, guys, I mean, they have a franchise left tackle in Deion Dawkins. I mean, they paid him a lot of money just a couple of years ago. He's a young guy. He came in with that 2017 draft class. Think about that draft class. You had Travis White, Matt Milano, and Deion Dawkins all in the same draft class. I mean, that means you're hitting on guys. So, you know, they have Mitch Morse, who was the starting center in Kansas City for a while. Now he's the starting center in Buffalo. He's been his third year in this system. Yes, Cody Ford came in. in really Cody Ford was the one that who you're referring to, I think who struggled actually the most last couple of years trying to find a spot, but I think he's been very, the most consistent guy through the first two weeks of the season. So this is not necessarily built amongst a lot of household names, right? Tackle is Daryl Williams. The bills got him off the trash heap from Carolina from a couple of years ago. He was an all pro there. Then he had a step back he had an injury. They signed him last year to a one-year deal, a prove-it deal, and boy, did he prove it. He played great. He held last year one-on-one. -on -one, he held T.J. Watt to basically nothing at all in a Sunday night game, and he got a big contract in the offseason. So I agree with you. It's really more about the sum than it is the parts, and most people aren't going to be able to name the names. But what really this offensive line does is, and the reason why, they've been together for three years now. This is the third year that this group, except for Daryl Williams, who's at the right tackle, he's the second year. This group has been together now for three years. And when you have that continuity with your quarterback, with your offensive coordinator, with your, all your coaching staff, that's what helps. Now that said, they were beaten pretty badly in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers came with four guys. You're not going to really face Melvin Ingram and TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward every week. But what the Washington football team has are some studs up front that can give teams problems. I know they haven't so far as well the first couple of weeks, but that's what that's what the Bills and fans are like, hey, what's going on here? But they had a great bounce back week last week and really kept Josh clean in the pocket. Sal, can you talk about the connection that Josh has formed with Stefan Diggs? It was almost like it was instantaneously yeah. once Stefan came over, but it's just been amazing to see. And I and I truly believe that's been a big catalyst to Josh growth as a quarterback was his connection to Stefan Diggs. Can you just talk about that for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right about that. When the bills traded for Stefan Diggs, you know, they made this trade, they traded first round pick for him and it's in the pandemic, right? So there, there's no off season for anybody. There's no OTAs, mini camps, preseason. People are wondering, how is this going to work? How is he just going to walk right in? Well, you know, like a lot of teams, the bills did have some workouts together down in Florida, Davis Webb, their backup quarterback kind of did a good job of putting all that together and Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen really kind of got their chemistry going then. But guys, as soon as they stepped on the field, boom, it was instantaneous, like you said. And I think there's a lot of they they really connect off the field as well. And the famous kind of story is that they um, what's Call of Duty, I think, is the game that Josh was playing with Stefan and they they were hooking up and talking about it. And he said, as they were playing, they would talk about football a lot. They would talk about routes, what you see, what I see. And then when they got on the field, it came together. And I got to tell you guys, they act like best friends out there. They really do. They're always having fun. They're always joking around. And that's before practice. And that's, you know, during stretching. And then once they get to, 
practice, you can see it. They're always working through things, talking about things. Even if you're just slightly off, one will go to the other and they'll start talking about what you saw. I, I think the Bills had a great plan for Stefan Diggs when they traded for him. You don't trade a, a first round pick for a guy unless you have a plan. The Bills did a good job there. And I think that Josh Allen immediately knew, hey, this guy is going to help me grow as a quarterback and he's going to help our team tremendously. And you're right, Pooh. I mean, Josh Allen's growth coincided with Stefan Diggs coming to this organization. That's no coincidence. Uh, Washington fans will remember, remember, uh, remember Tremaine Edwards from uh, his VT days, uh, a natural athlete with um, unbelievable movement skills. How has he translated so far in the NFL there? He's a pretty polarizing guy, actually, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, because he was taken with a 16th overall pick, and lots of Bills fans don't think he's lived up to that 16th overall pick status. But yet the Bills still still felt good enough to give him the fifth-year option, so they picked him up, picked it up for next year. He's still under contract for two more years. And I think the biggest thing for the Bills is, guys, this guy came into the league at 19. He started in the NFL at 19 years old. He is still – think about this. He's in his fourth year, and he's still younger than some – first round rookies this year, which is amazing. That's how young he is. And that's why the bills feel he still has so much room to grow. Look, he's been to two pro bowls. You know, you can't deny that one was because of injury related. He's been a good player. He really has. The issue has been, he hasn't been a game changing player in a lot of ways. He doesn't make enough plays that you say, boy, that's why you drafted him 16th overall. Sometimes also he gets a little bit swallowed up by bigger offensive linemen. He's very lengthy. He's very rangy. He's a great athlete. He's sideline to sideline, but he's still building on that strength, right? He's 22 years old and he's still kind of figuring out, I think a lot of, you know, how to use that strength and his leverage and things like that. And that's why some Bills fans are like, Hey, it's four years. He should be further along than he is. But other Bills fans say, no, he's been good. And he's only 22. So I, I like Tremaine Edmonds game. I think the best way I would put it is Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds by himself. If he has to carry a defense, it's not going to happen, but that's not the Bills defense. Uh, the Bills defense is based on really everybody working in unison. And when he has Star Latula lay in front of him, he has Matt Milano next to him. That's when Tremaine Edmonds is best, right? But if you ask Tremaine Edmonds to be Ray Lewis, it's not going to happen. That's just not who he is. So I want to switch pace just a little bit. And I want to talk about the atmosphere in Orchard Park. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've never been to Orchard Park. I know my, my father has. He told me kind of how it's set up. And he... I just don't think people understand or they underestimate the energy that happens in Buffalo when it's, when it's Sunday and it's time to kick off. Can you talk about the experience for opposition, for an opponent coming to Orchard Park and playing in front of that raucous crowd? It really is like a major college football atmosphere, right? Where do you get that in the NFL these days? You kind of don't get that anywhere. I think everything's corporate in the NFL. Everybody's, you know, lots of big money and people sitting on hands and they're more worried about, you know, ordering their, their $20 pizzas for their suite or something like that. And, you know, but, but in Buffalo, it's all about football. Look, we are not Chicago or New York or LA or really even Washington, DC, Buffalo, New York. We're a very blue collar city um, that, we're all about football and hockey. We love our hockey. And th this is what we're passionate about here. And when these fans go to these games, they, they, they spend all week to have that party in that stadium on a Sunday to watch their football team. That's what it's all about for them all the time. And when you get into that stadium as a opposing player, you say, I think to yourself, my God, these people are crazy. They love their football team so much. I mean, you got people out in the parking lot, jumping through tables and all these other lighting themselves on fire. 
that's not, I mean, that, that's the stuff that gets like on viral videos and social media and stuff like that. But what it really is, is a passionate fan base. That's always going to make things very challenging for anyone that comes in. The stadium is built like into the ground, basically. So here's the ground. The stadium actually goes down. When you walk in, you come down and, 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 and the entire bowl is filled with fans. There's only one tunnel in and out. So everything is just surrounded by, and I will tell you as the sideline reporter, there's very little room between the sidelines and the wall. In fact, I would say, I'm not joking. There's two feet maybe between the corner of the end zone and the first row of stands two feet. That's it. That's how close everybody is on top of you. Imagine going to, to Duke Cameron, right? And you, you, the fans are right on top of you during a basketball game. It's the same way here. So that's what I think is challenging to a lot of people. And it gets so loud. There's 70,000 people there and they just love their football, man. They just want their football team to win for 17 years straight. The bills did not make the playoffs. And yet, the stadium was sold out every single Sunday because people just want to go watch their Buffalo Bills and cheer them on. Yeah, I seen, uh, like I said, I haven't been to Buffalo to a game, but when they came to Carolina a few years ago, you know, I'm used to seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers. They travel well. The Cowboys travel well. I underestimated how well Buffalo <laughs> travels. I thought I was in Buffalo. That's right. <laughs> the, the How many fans I saw out that Saturday and then that Sunday pregame it was just it was crazy I, I've never seen so many Buffalo Bill jerseys in my lifetime yeah and, and Bill's fans do travel well we saw it last week in South Florida um, they took over Hard Rock Stadium especially when the team starts winning and everybody comes down by the bench but part of that is let's be honest people move away from Buffalo because they want warmer weather so they're in those warmer cities like Carolina and then when they come to town they go do it but no it's a great city guys I I always joke. I'm the only man in America who chose to leave Florida to come to Buffalo, New York. All right. But because it's, it's a great city. It really, it's a great place to raise your family. Um, you know, and, and again, we we're called the city of good neighbors for a reason. People love each other here. We all help each other. We're all about each other. And it's the community atmosphere that really, I think separates Buffalo from so many other places. So the Buffalo was, I think the first franchise to uh, you have to, to have your card to get in now right is that right for COVID? yeah i don't think i don't think they're the well they might be the first in that regard but i think there's two vegas vegas was one there was another one that said okay. you had to be fully vaccinated to, to come in but i don't know about proof like w that might be true here but there were i think two or three others that basically had the same rules that the bills have now what was the fan reaction to that well it's a hot topic right i mean it's a hot topic everywhere guys and it's not the bills policy. It's Erie County's policy, but the bills are on board okay. with it. Right. And, and, and I think that's also, you know, has to be pointed out because that's going for a lot of things here. The university at Buffalo, it's a state school, uh, the UB bulls where Jared Patterson actually played, um, you know, that that's and Khalil Mack, like they're, they, they're going through the same policy now, anything on campus. So the reaction has been what you would think, which is lots of people really upset about it. And there were 700 look out of 60,000 season ticket holders, only 762 of them took advantage of saying I'm mad and I want to get out of this. And, and they opted out. Um, but if they want to hold their tickets, they can sell them or they can get vaccinated or whatever. But there's also a lot of people who are happy about this and saying, look, this is the way it should be. I don't want to be in a stadium of people who are unvaccinated, but it's a polarizing hot topic, just like it is anywhere else in, in the country. So I want to go to fantasy football angle ah. for a second. Can you explain the committee of running backs that you have in Buffalo because people are confused every Sunday. Should they get Singletary? Should they get Zach Moss? And don't even rec recognize how big of a part Josh Allen actually plays in the run game 
in Buffalo. Can you just talk about the running yeah. back situation in Buffalo? Well, the guy you want is Devin Singletary. He's the main guy. Now, the problem is he's going to get touchdowns taken away from him by Josh Allen and probably by Zach Moss. So, but if you want a guy who's like, who's the main guy, it's Devin Singletary. He's the starter. Look, throughout training camp, this was a great question, and no one knew, like, hmm, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. But Zach Moss got hurt a little bit. He was unavailable, and Singletary looked really good. And I kept telling people, look, there's separation. It's going to be Devin Singletary. It's going to be Devin Singletary. Guys, Zach Moss was inactive week one. He was a healthy scratch. Um, So that kind of showed you where they felt about Devin Singletary. Week two comes along. Zach Moss has – Devin has the great run early on. Second play of the game, he goes 46 yards for a touchdown. Zach Moss has a fumble. He doesn't even see the field until later in the game. But guess what? Comes back with a vengeance and scores two touchdowns. Now you're like, oh, my God, who are you trying to play? I would say this. If you're a fantasy football player, I have Devin Singletary on my team. He's put up good numbers because he's he's averaging over six yards a carry. He has over 150 yards. He's got a touchdown. He's the guy to have. But you can't be mad if you play him and you have to understand that Josh Allen and Zach Moss could very well get the carries once they get it to the goal line, especially Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen could very well be like the best goal line back in the league, not running back, but best goal line back in the league. It's almost impossible to stop a design quarterback run for Josh Allen when you're inside the five yard line. Let's wrap with this each week on opposition Wednesday. We ask a couple of questions. We call it the confidence game. Who do you have more confidence in as we try to figure out who's going to win the game? So, so who do you have more confidence in the Washington wide receivers or Buffalo secondary? Oh, I would go with Buffalo secondary. I love Terry McLaurin though. I really do. I mean, who doesn't, right? He's an amazing player and look, Logan Thomas love him just as a personal story and to go from quarterback to tight end, he was in Buffalo, right? And he, he made that transition kind of in Buffalo, but it never worked out, but he was just starting it. Then he went to Detroit. So I, I think that to me, I look at that receiving court, Samuel's not playing. We know that if it, if he was playing, it'd be a, a lot different, but guys, you have Tredavious white. Who's an all pro on one side, Levi Wallace, who's you could do a lot worse than cornerback number two. And like, look, he, he's not, he's not an all pro, but he's also a guy that he can play. He had an interception last week. And Taron Johnson is the toughest slot corner in the league. Every week he shows up with five, six, seven tackles. And people have asked me, does that mean he's getting beat all the time and he's tackling? Oh no, those are in the run game. He had a sack last week. I would absolutely go with the Bills secondary, but I am not discounting Terry McLaurin and obviously in Logan Thomas. But here's the thing. It's also because I still wonder about Taylor Heineke, right? I mean, like you have to consider the quarterback and who's throwing to them. And I do like Taylor, Taylor Heineke, but you know, there's some, still some questions about, you know, long-term sustainability and success there. Uh, who do you have more confidence in the Washington defensive line or the Buffalo offensive line? Taking I'd into s- account what you know, what, what, yeah. what you've seen thus far this season. Oh, yeah. I, I would say Washington defensive line, like this is a matchup they should win. Um, considering what the Pittsburgh Steelers did to the Bills offensive line in week one. And then you look over there and there's Chase Young and there's Montez Sweat. And like they have the capability, they have the talent to be able to put pressure on the Bills. And, and as Bills fans would say, and like, look, you hope the Bills learned a lot from that Washington game. And they did last week. They didn't go. Miami's not Pittsburgh Steelers, though. So you hope that I'm sorry, from the Pittsburgh game, you think that they would learn and they did, I think. But now they're facing another formidable opponent. Um, looking at the numbers, looking at the fact that 
they just haven't been living up to expectations so far through two weeks. Obviously there's some question marks on the, on the Washington defensive line, but man, I mean, I, I, I think that that is a group that could really pose some problems for the bills offense. And so let's, let's finish with this. All things equal. Who do you have more confidence in Sean McDermott or Ron Rivera? Sean McDermott. I like Ron Rivera a lot, but I mean, the results of the last four years and what Sean McDermott's been able to do um, with this group, the player development and, you know, the consistency on a a weekly basis is um, I think to me, it's been very, very impressive. Now I would put Ron Rivera right there though. I I only say that because I'm really close to the situation here and I see that up close. And I know that, you know, Ron Rivera, they, they did win their division last year. They made the playoffs and never would take that away. And I like Ron Rivera and I would say Sean, emulates and he models a lot of, I think what he does with his program uh, behind Ron Rivera uh, on Ron Rivera. But um, I would only say I'd have more confidence because I think Sean has really demonstrated an ability to um, have his team very, very ready and prepared on a weekly basis. And the consistency is extremely impressive that he, that his teams show. Sal, before we get out of here, can you let the people know, especially those that aren't in Buffalo that get to see you on a regular basis where they can see you, where they can find you and where they can hear your work. Anyway, anytime. Toss guys. Us real quick, Sal, toss us a quick score prediction for you guys too. Um, so first of all, I am, you can find me on Twitter at Sal sports. Um, I work for WGR sports radio, Five Fifty in Buffalo right here. I'm the bill sideline reporter on the bills radio network, uh, but we're a part of the odyssey um, company and radio stations and things like that. So uh, you can find me a lot of my work doing all that kind of stuff. Like I said, Sal sports on Twitter, but uh I think so. I do some TV work before the game at the CBS affiliate in Buffalo. And I think the prediction I gave for this week was 20, 23 to 10 is what I think what I, I called for the bills. And I, I don't think the bills will be able to get to like 30 points because I think the Washington defense and some of the things they compose uh, problems wise, you know, w- would probably hold them down just a bit. Plus I think the bills, they have to start showing me again that they can score 30 points a game. They haven't, they scored 35 last week, but like I said, passing games a little bit off, but I just have a lot of, this defense is really good guys. It's really good. They're playing incredible football right now. And with a week to prepare for Taylor Heineke, I think, um, you know, and knowing he's going to be the quarterback and not having to wonder, I think that's going to play into some of the things they can do to hold the Washington offense down. And that's why I only have them having 10 points. Sal, we appreciate your time today. It was a lot of fun. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you.